Did you call bank? I call game. <laughs> Welcome back to Calling Bank. This is episode 961,031 from quarantine. That's what it feels like anyway. <laughs> Will, we have Luke with us, special guest, all the way back from Detroit. <laughs> Correct. It's good to have him back though, because I think, you know, last dance that we're going to be talking about today... Um, the goings-on in the NBA, latest news that not all 30 teams might come back. Yeah, well, Dave Lillard this morning was outraged. Absolutely. He's like, I'm not coming back if there's no chance of us making playoffs, and we'll get to that, because yes. they probably won't. Well, <laughs> Harry, your negativity is noted and not appreciated. Um, um, but yeah, the only thing that kind of has been happening majorly in, in the world of the NBA is... The Last Dance, of course, the 10-part documentary series. But I don't know if you guys know this, but SBS has actually come out with a range of short, uh, like, 25-minute um, spotlights of NBA players. They just released the Kobe one. They've so got you just Ray said Allen. Short? Hmm? You said short? Yeah, 25 minutes. Oh, okay. Is that not short? Well, 25 minutes seems like a periodic TV episode. It's like an episode of Seinfeld. I, I think it's short. It's, it's short. short. It's short. Because okay. it's, some of the Kobe stuff's like, you know... 24 years. Yeah. So, um, or maybe the Kobe one was just 24 minutes because Kobe. Uh, yeah. Either way, um, it's a pretty interesting series. I, th- I think maybe we should start watching just to give us some content to talk about on the podcast. <laughs> I think uh, that's important. Because the last dance is finished, but we'll take it away. Um, all last dance chat. Well, I think just to summarize the last dance, I think my personal view on how we should do this, a takeaway and something you would have liked to see. Okay. Because I think that's kind of the way I pictured it. My main takeaway was understanding how MJ thought because obviously we are all, you know, in our mid-20s and we didn't really grow up with MJ. We grew up during the Kobe, Shaq, Wade, Mm -hmm. LeBron era. So we didn't really know. And and kind of the the players today are very different to what the players were back in the 80s and 90s. Much more... Uh, this I got to beat this guy. Like they're not chummy chummy friends friendly as they are now. I think they're still chummy chummy, but the rules were different. Like it was a lot more physical. Like I was playing two K last night, <laughs> and like Scotty Pippen just like boulders into my player because I was playing like the the Lakers against uh, the all time Bulls, right? Yeah. And he's just so physical. I'm like, that's a foul. But he's playing nineties rules. Nineties rules doesn't even matter. No, exactly. Um, but no, I do. I do appreciate the motivation of MJ because I, I do understand. Like he's got, he finds slights against everyone, and that's the thing that keeps him going for, you know, fourteen years. That's the thing that gets him back into the gym, working over the summer. He's like, I got to beat this team. This is the thing that's going to keep me going there. Um, and I especially ninety three and ninety six. Um, with Malone and Barkley getting MVP and I love when he's just like you get MVP sure let me beat you now yeah Um, I do like that so that's kind of my main takeaway Um, Luke oh thank you Um, kind of same as you I think like the the mindset of someone like a Michael Jordan I think you probably say the same for any kind of elite athlete in a singular like position of greatness but it's I think there's something I don't mean like wrong in the way of like he's mental, but like he, they're just such different people. It's just such mm-hmm. a different mentality. To your point about like taking a slight on everybody, like the fact that you're so great and you're always great, but you need to like have a little like kind of personal battle with mm-hmm. these people who are obviously beneath you <laughs> to get yourself motivated. Like there is something mentally there that's just completely different that obviously for a person like myself 27 years old haven't really accomplished much I can't even imagine that yeah. mentality so yeah that was probably the main and getting that insight like you said like yeah. you don't get that obviously in the 90s no you don't have that social media or that kind of day to day 
access. Yeah. I think also, though, in terms of that, like, mentality, mm. that is, like, the Mamba mentality. Oh, yeah. So, like, if, if... There's a lot of conversations at the moment, obviously, about LeBron and MJ, but there's also the conversation about Kobe and MJ. Mm. Because if there's someone that has the same type of, like... The way he treats his teammates, look at 2015 Kobe Bryant speaking to Jeremy Lin, um, and the way that he just like needs to find something to focus on to beat everyone, like that's Kobe. Mm. LeBron doesn't seem to have that as much. Yeah, he can carry a team, and we saw that in 2008 um, with the Cavs. (laughs) 2018 Cavs. 2018 as well. Uh, like every year with the Cavs pretty much except for those two years with Kyrie yep. you know like he does carry the the team but it's just it seems like it's a different mentality yeah, yeah um, sure. I think for me the biggest takeaway uh, was was just the just the whole team um, mentality and the physicality of the 90s like I would love to see the NBA go back to the 90s in saying that there's a lot less three pointers which I don't mind so much but I like the physicality physicality I like that there's someone like you know Dennis Rodman who is like run our test of today essentially or you know Tony Allen who's there literally to get rebounds and then just like punch people in the face like it makes it a bit more exciting yeah you know sometimes you know Carl Anthony Towns will get into it and get headlocked by Ben Simmons <laughs> sure but you know I just think that physicality is something that I would like to see more of in the NBA um, I mean I feel like the most similar player to that is like that's a Jimmy Butler-esque player yeah yeah, but Jimmy really Butler... physical, though? I feel like he's more like a hard player. Like he, he's he's hard, hard, but yeah. he's like fouling hard. I don't think yeah. he's a fouling hard. Boogie Cousins is probably more of <laughs> fouling hard. Because yeah. it's like, you're going to the rim, all right, well, here's the floor, bang. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't think you also want to see a return to like 80 to 82 games. That was a point they brought up. Like, the the pace of the game is naturally slower when everyone's getting beaten up, I guess. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I yeah. think like... As, as exciting as that is like having teams take the entire 24 seconds off the shot clock every time would probably be like yeah to a modern audience like we want instant gratification yeah that's true we want someone hucking it from the from 40 exactly. feet away exactly, <laughs> exactly. Trey I Young mean, Steph Curry wouldn't make it in that in the 90s yeah he would because no one's going to touch him because he's behind the three point <laughs> you can only get fouled if you go into the paint that's true. it's that simple um, one thing you would have liked to see so I, I'm from my perspective I think I had the, the whole breakup situation. I know they go into yeah. it a little bit, but I kind of wanted to hear, you know, exactly from um, MJ exactly what had happened because it took him six months post the end till January of the next year for him to retire. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm sure there was a discussion in that whole period to be like, guys, what are we doing? And it just kind of seems like, oh, I just broke up and I was kind of done and coach wasn't coming back and they always told us he wasn't coming back. Yeah, I think Jerry Krause stuffed up in saying at the start of the year, it's going to be, it doesn't matter how well you do mm-hmm. with getting rid of the coach. But the point is, I think the mechanics of that break breakup, I would have liked to see a little bit more on that. Um, and just so we're on, on that point, the reason they broke up was because of money, right? Prim- yeah. Primarily. Like, yeah, that, there was that very brief bit at the end where they were talking about like, oh, we could have got Scotty back for one year, but like realistically, yeah. Pippen signed like a $65 million deal yeah. with the Rockets straight after. It's like, yeah. what were you going to bring him back on? A $20 million for one year deal? Like, no, you wouldn't do that. Yeah. So... Because, yeah, it, the, the way the salary cap would have worked is they would have had to literally bring everyone back on the same deals again. Yeah. Um, because Michael was on like 35, the salary cap was about 60. Yeah, was so 60, but... you couldn't just have Michael Pippen get 15 or 20 because yeah. then you wouldn't be able to pay anyone else. Yeah. So Pip would have had to take another heavily discounted deal to mm-hmm. stay 
and would have everyone else signed one-year deals? I don't know. I, I think it's all hypotheticals. It's all hypothetical, and we'll get into that. Mm. But, yeah, I just... I, I, I agree with you. I wish they'd gone into it more. I also would have liked to see some of, like, talk about the Wizards, 2002, 2003. Mm. Like, that is also interesting to me, the fact that he comes back to the league and... Yeah, I think it's... A, he obviously had a big... Um, editing role so to speak Michael yeah. Jordan so I, he seems like definitely the kind of guy who would like I think even he's aware that obviously the Hornets and the Wizards to an extent didn't go super well or haven't gone very well mm. like so it would have been it would have been incredible to like hear him for one second have a little bit of sort of humility and be like oh actually I've kind of stuffed up yeah. you know what I mean and realise that he's not because that was like 10 episodes of pure worship yeah and then even to have 30 seconds of like well I guess my after playing career hasn't gone as well yeah what correct like with the Hornets like that's what it's a massive stuff I just want stuff I want 10 seconds of him just saying like the last sentence in the last dance and then I signed Terry Rozier to a 3 year 54 million dollar contract uh, Kwame Brown <laughs> oh god yeah yeah um yeah, cool. My next thing on this that I was kind of thinking we could discuss very briefly is would they have won the 1999 season? Well, can I just say what I thought was really missed out as well? What? There's a man called Luke Longley. He uh, <laughs> started uh, 58, oh, 58 games for the uh, Chicago Bulls. Was he in the documentary? Was he spoken about at all? The answer is no. Mm. Yeah, well, apparently it was cost too much to fly to Australia and film. I know, I know. It's like, have you ever heard of Skype? Yeah. <laughs> well, to be honest, I think as well, he doesn't have a good view on it. Oh, God. No, which is would... why they didn't want to have him yeah, on interesting. There. But Horace Grant doesn't have a good view of him either. But Horace Grant yeah. comes off really I know, because good they edited, that, was, that was some serious editing going on. Yeah, and yeah. then as soon as he saw the whole thing, it was like it was all lies. Yeah, exactly. I think realistically, he probably said a lot of shit, but MJ was like, we're not doing that, we're yeah. not doing that. Isaiah Thomas gets... Three minutes to speak the entire <laughs> series, uh, and that's it. Because like same way Charles Barkley came out was oh not Charles Barkley Tim Duncan mm. came out the other day and he was like look MJ was good but like I don't worship him he mm. wasn't like you know the best ever type thing yeah so yeah I I, I didn't like there's the more there they can do another whole documentary they can do several documentaries yeah. on this topic. Like, on, on Scott Burrell being like, yeah, so I have PTSD from... Yeah, yeah it's like, why? Why me? He seems like such a nice guy as well. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. He does. Yeah. Scott Burrell. I think that was his only... That was like the highlight of his entire life, like, playing that year, because he did nothing basketball-wise other than that. Yeah. Um, Poor Scott. Do we want to talk about the fact that if everyone does come back for one more season, do they win the next year? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just go out there and say no. Ooh. I don't think so. I think they're burnt out by this point. Same what happened in like 1994, uh, essentially. Yeah, With the Where, Lakers in what, 2004? Yeah, the Lakers when, he get, when they get blown out. Like, yeah, they probably make finals, but the Jazz, if they came back to the final for a third straight year... But they didn't. So assume the West is exactly the same. So in the end, if they made it back to against the finals, Houston. it's against the Spurs. Mm. This is the first championship. This is... Duncan oh, and I'm Robinson. Thinking, I'm thinking of the in-between, sorry. No, yeah. ignore the in-between. Yeah, yeah. We assume he's retired. Ignore me. Because we've literally got to the end him saying, we'll all bring it back, everyone gets one-year deals. I'm sure Pippen would have come back. I don't know if that would have happened. But assume that. I mean, MJ's going to be 35 at that time, which is the same age as LeBron, to be mm-hmm. fair. Pippen's 33. You mean the MVP 30. LeBron? Yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> Just and, Rod- and Rodman's 37. Yeah. Um, at that stage. So in that 90, 98... 899 season. That was a shortened season too. 50 games only. Yeah. So would that be okay. better for much better for, for a team because you literally had that 6 months off post yeah. mm. the previous season. And then if you look at the east, to be honest, 
the teams don't really change. You've literally got the same teams making the playoffs, bar New York, you know, now a... This was the year that New York actually made it to the finals, even coming as the eighth seed. Yeah, yeah, this was a, a really um, long story. Can I just say quickly, Pippen was 33 at the end of the Bulls' run, and then he got a $65 million contract oh, yeah. for five years. Oh, yeah. That is a ridiculously stupid and, um, contract. That him and Barkley and Hakeem in Houston, but they were like super old super at old, that yeah. point. And yeah. they were being paid massive money. And then they, yeah. it didn't work out, and then he goes to Portland. Yeah, and Portland he makes, getting up, makes the finals. Makes, yeah, well, Western Conference finals. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, anyway. Um, I mean, yeah. look, okay. looking at the East, to be honest, I don't... Th- well, the way that I see it is, it would have come back to them playing the Pacers in the Eastern Conference Finals. Mm. If you assume that team, they probably come first again in the regular season. Mm. They probably do. Well, I think... I don't actually think they do. They probably coast a bit and come second or third. Either way, they, they're up there. Mm. My view is, and I assumed first for my kind of work... Yeah. If they did come first, they'd probably play the Bucks in the first round. That's Fun. the Ray Allen rookie year. Like, they beat the Bucks, yeah. um, which got swept by the Pacers in, in real life. Then they play the Magic, who they just swept the previous year. Um, this is a Magic that no longer has Shaq, so you assume they're going to beat that team. Mm-hmm. And then you come back in the third round matchup, and it's against the Pacers again. Now, that's going to be the matchup. Pacers, yeah. in real life, made it, then lost to the eighth-seeded Knicks. Which is crazy. I think the Pacers... I mean, the Pacers took them to the brink in 98. So yep. there's a very big argument to say that, you know, Reggie Miller came back for another year. Mark Jackson finally getting his chance, you know. James I looked Rose, at that, most improved player. Yeah. I, looked, I looked at that Pacers team, exactly the same team. Yep. They lost no one. They didn't gain really anyone, but it's the same team as the previous year. So it's literally the same matchup again, but now the Bulls are a year older. Yeah, but then, I mean, it's still Jordan. You can't, you can't... It's the same you can't, like, can't bet off. against LeBron in the playoffs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he took... You know, the 2018 team, he took to the finals. <laughs> well, so. it's the same as they beat the Jazz, even though the Jazz were meant to be better the second year. Yeah, they still exactly. beat them in six. Um, okay, if you assume then they do beat the Pacers, they get out of the East, do they beat the Spurs that year? So this is a Spurs... Spurs are a very differently crafted team to... So people have made the argument to say that, you know, people said that the Jazz were a terrible matchup for the um, for the Bulls because you basically had Malone. Yeah. And no one really could guard Malone because even Rodman being at his age. Yeah. I mean, if you think about what the Spurs were, it is Duncan, <laughs> a young Duncan, second-year Duncan, who's averaged about 22 points a game, 11 rebounds, and you've got David Robertson, who's averaging about 16 points and 10 rebounds. Mm. That's your power forward and centre. That's playing against Rodman versus, and Luke Longley. Yeah. But in the guards... Who's guarding Pippen? Who's guarding MJ? But Pippen and MJ are always going to go off. Yeah, the issue is stopping the other side. Yeah. And like essentially you've got two completely different games happening at the same time. One in the paint and one from jump shots. Yeah. I go for the paint any day of the week over the jump shots. Yeah, and this is the, obviously the late 90s. I don't think the, yeah. the Spurs definitely won that. Mm. I mean the Spurs, yeah, I think ended up sweeping or winning in five or something in this series against mm. the Knicks. But again, that's the Knicks. Yeah, it's the Knicks. <laughs> Don't sleep on the Knicks. Right, or do right. whatever. I actually... So I looked at their team the other day just because like, I wanted to have a laugh. Mm. Why is Reggie Bullock on that team? Like, And Wayne Ellington is like deep on the bench and he's it's like their only... Sh- Reggie Bullock, trade Yeah, I don't understand it. 3 and D guys. 3 and D guys. Just bring yeah. them in and then trade them, them off. But exactly. then if you don't trade them off, they just sit there. <laughs> they just a, team of, a team of 3 and D guys and stretch fours. That's the entire team. No that's other it. This is the modern NBA. It's Julius Randle in the paint and Reggie Bullock on the outside. <laughs> yeah. And that's it. Ironically, both played for the Lakers at some point within Very the past true. couple of years. So, um, Probably to finish off on that. So if we assume they do lose to the Spurs... Mm. I mean, the good thing about this Bulls team is 
there's all this mystery. What happens in 94, 95 if MJ doesn't go play baseball? What happens in 1999 mm. finals if he doesn't, if they don't break it up? Mm. There yeah. is a lot of mystery. Could have they won nine straight? Who the hell knows? But Doubtful. They're not Bill Russell and the, the Celtics in the 60s, 50s, playing whatever five other All-Stars, yes. <laughs> um, just really quickly, though, did you guys know that T-Mac, Tracy McGrady, played baseball? Yeah, you know, he's also Vince Carter's cousin. No. Yeah. Is that why yeah. they played in Orlando at different They're times? both from Florida. Um, so they both started the Raptors, obviously, right? And yeah, then, yeah. And then he got traded to the Magic. Yeah, they're cousins. Yeah, There you crazy. go. That's a fun fact. That I did not did not know. Yeah. Good to know. Baseball and cousins with Vince Carter, who yeah. was retired from basketball. Very sad. Mm. Um, did he retire? Well, as in... We're like, breaking news on the pod. Yeah. <laughs> as in, like, he retired... You heard it here first. It's not fake news. It's unlikely they're going to come back. Yeah, um, I'd agree with that. So, let's speak a bit about the return to the NBA. There's a lot of been, things that have been said. Spencer Dinwiddie is like, they're going to play more games. Um, Spencer Dinwiddie, who got, like, $1,000 for hey, his, hey, like... He's an innovator. For his GoFundMe. He's a tech, if, he's a tech If you guy. raise $24 million, I will donate all to charity and sign wherever you want. In the free agency, uh, he made like, I don't know, 18. Bucks. It was like 1,180. It was something sort of comically low. Yeah. Oh. But <laughs> it was like, because no one cares. Yeah, no one cares. Jeez. Sorry, mate. Oh. Um, Sorry, Spence. Disrespect. Just, you know what? He's going to be the trade piece to get the Bradley Bill. So that's, oh, yeah. that's, that's I mean, true. that's actually true. That's a fair point. Um, okay, so Kevin Smith, who works for, uh, Keith Smith, rather, who works for Yahoo Sports, he sent out a tweet uh, last week saying that the rough NBA timeline. Uh, given to him by an NBA team executive was early June back in facilities, mid to late June, there's like training camp, early July they travel to the same site in uh, Orlando, most likely, Mm -hmm. uh, in Disney World. Quarantine two weeks. They quarantine two weeks in that time and then they start mid-July and then they play like five games, something like that, until they play the postseason and then they have... The draft, like postseason finishes by September, then draft in September. Free agency starts first week of October. Christmas 2020 is the start of the next season. Wow, that's one thing. There's also been talk, such as Damian Lillard's talk of like playing like um, uh, a playoff styles for seventh to twelfth seed. Mm-hmm. Look, I went off the fact that let's say there's a seventy game season, so there's about five to six games for each team. Uh, with some, the lowest amount of games being played is like three games by Atlanta, the most being seven by Lakers. Most teams have five to six games. So how would, how would it actually look like and can any teams actually make the playoffs? I'm happy to do this. Yeah. All I'm going to say is, does Atlanta bother going through the entire process to play three games? No. No way. But can they not? I mean, what, you think they just forfeit the games? Well, I think you just forfeit and you just say, look, you know, we're going to... We, I mean, they wouldn't... That'd be, that'd be something. Like, if they just forfeited. I, I take your point. I don't think it's worth it. And to your point, like, Vince Carter retired. He's yeah. already kind of done that. Like, it, there is nothing to play There's for. There's nothing to play for for these guys. But and, and they go through this whole process. We'll get there with the teams. I think at the end of the day, if the NBA does come back, which I really hope it does, I think it has to be only the teams that are in playoff contention. And... It has to go straight into playoffs because there is no point coming back for five games. How does that work for the for the East though? Because the East, the ninth seeded team, which I know you're about to, um, we can speak about. Yeah, there's a lot of questions that it raises. But look, is there a point in Atlanta, in Golden State, in Minnesota coming back for five, even ten games when it's not going to make 
any difference but the whatsoever. Point, surely the point isn't for those teams; it's the teams they're playing against, right? Like if I'm if I'm yeah. if I'm a top seeded team, I don't want to go straight into even if I'm the Bucks and I'm playing the eighth seed and the East, who will be terrible, whoever yeah. it is. Um, do I want to go straight into a series against them? No, but maybe yeah, like a warm up. But maybe do preseason yeah. games instead between the playoffs. So teams. what games that just don't count? Games that don't count, literally for them to like just get reps in against against another team, not not necessarily the team they're playing in the playoffs, but just another team in mm. the division, so they can test out their. What about even going the one plays sixteenth seed, two plays the fifteenth well, seed, and doing what? Well, just like a straight knockout, exactly. Mm. But not like a straight knockout. You're still playing your seven game series. You want to see a but series? But it goes one v sixteen, two v fifteen. <laughs> I, I I know what Harry's about to say. No, I, I I think. But I think also like hypothetically, let's say Clay. I don't know what Clay's pro- progress is, but hypothetically, Clay and Steph Curry come back. Right. Mm. You have Lakers against Golden State Warriors that w- essentially won the twenty playoff teams. Oh, you mean oh, okay. I'm saying scrap the conferences and put all the playoff teams and just go in just one big pool, one big pool, and say one play sixteen, two play fifteen. So you're yeah. not necessarily playing the teams within. But isn't that unfair on, on the Eastern Conference teams that like if I'm, yeah, you know, the top seed would be in that scenario would be the Bucks, then what yeah. the Lakers, then Lakers, think, like, yeah. So you'd have my point is Western Conference teams would be higher up. You'd be playing Eastern Conference Eastern teams. Conference teams, which would probably be a much easier first round matchup for those teams. I know we don't talk about fairness all the time between conferences, but like, you yeah. see my point? Yeah, yeah. I, don't... I I kind of like Harry's idea more of like games that don't count because then like the whole issue is getting the players like game ready, right? Because yeah. no one wants to see a playoff series where it's like they haven't played for three months, yeah, and they're just shooting air balls and getting injured. Mm. Um, so you need to bring them back to game speed, but like, how do you do that without it being a waste of time for Atlanta, for example? Yeah, yeah. and I think with the playoffs teams, it doesn't like they're going to have these games anyway they mm. may as well have a kind of preseason type thing okay but let's let's say just for argument's sake they come back and they play up to 70 games so each team plays 70 game season how does the race look like for the playoff seeds so i'll start off with the the east so far milwaukee is secure in the number one mm. seed the rest of the seeds pretty much up for grabs um and orlando or the nets could lose the eight seeds if they lose all five games and Wizards win all six games. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I mean, yeah, okay. It's not going to happen. Bradley Beal just going crazy. Exactly. So yeah. it's not going to happen. So the East is pretty much set. The only thing that would make a really big difference is the seeding. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a question as well. Do you play that six, five, six games? Like, you don't know how hard the schedule is. You don't know how easy the schedule is. Mm-hmm. Like, does it even make a difference... So you're assuming all teams are coming back for this? You're assuming all teams come back. Yeah. And the, I suppose the other thing to your point is like, if you're going to shorten the season, are you sh- are you cutting off the games at the end of the season or are you cutting off the games in the immediate next period? Does that make sense? Like yeah. strength of yeah. schedule will obviously... Because this is what they're talking about. In the West, the issue is that the Grizzlies were now going to come up against their toughest stretch of the season. Mm. Yeah. Now, they're three and a half games ahead of everyone else. But if they're now playing just the easiest part of the hardest part of their schedule, yeah. is that fair? Yeah. Mm. But I think at the end of the day, what's more important is that we see the playoffs. And if the playoffs yeah. means that, yeah, you know, Portland doesn't make it, fine. Well, at least we see. It? Okay, so in, in the West, it's a bit. In the in the West, obviously, it's completely different because for the eighth seed, you have the Spurs, the Kings, Portland, and the Pelicans all in the mix. Um, LA essentially like is locked in on one one seed for the Lakers mm-hmm. pretty much and the Clippers and all the way down to the sixth seed essentially it's up for grabs um, 
but the eighth seed is up in contention. I think realistically, the the Trailblazers are still like they're essentially like three and a half, four games behind. Yeah, yeah. So for them to come back, they'd have to win you know five or six games. They need Memphis to lose every game. It just still seems unlikely. It seems if you're playing seventy games, you may as well just cut it off at the knees and just play playoffs. Well, I was going to say either you go the full eighty-two and try and do it that way, and that that at least maintains all fairness and you can even say the bottom teams look at least if you're coming back you're playing at least 15 games and it's going to determine your seeding so you've got something to play for mm-hmm. um, even though technically they're playing to lose um, but then at least it doesn't throw up this fairness argument of saying Portland you would have played the Grizzlies twice at home but now you're not mm-hmm. you're only going to be playing the Grizzlies once and you've got no chance of really cashing up to them like it's either in my view you go the full 82 or you just do this Cut it off here. Yeah. Unfortunately, coronavirus ruined the season, but straight to, straight to playoffs. And then to warm up, East Conference guys, you play some of the West Conference teams a couple of times, like because you're not going to really play them. Yeah. And then we just go straight into playoffs where you're just playing East. Which East, I think is West, probably West. the best season. For sure. The For only sure. issue, and, and that way it's fair as well, because if you look on the other side, not playoffs, but in terms of the tank rates, the Warriors are pretty much locked in for that number one lottery seed. Mm. But the other teams like the Knicks, the Hornets, the Bulls, and um, the the Wolves are kind of all all similar. And like Cavs, Hawks, Pistons, they're all in that bubble that they could get better seeding in terms of lottery. Because remember, the first four picks yeah. get pretty much even mm-hmm. even amounts of like things like whatever it is fourteen percent or fourteen percent, yeah. right? So for them to play as well, they've also got important games that they have to lose. I think you just got to cut it off. Have some exhibition games beforehand, some pre-game warm-ups, maybe three or four like you do in the preseason, and then go straight into the playoffs. Realistically, that means you still could get up to 30, uh, 28 games for each round, like 28 games in total for a team to play. Let's say each se- series goes to seven. But otherwise, yeah. I just think it, it, this whole 7 v 12 knockout, I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. think... I, I get it because, like, if I'm Damian Lillard, I'm just like, this is BS because mm. I'm really missing out because of Corona. But but that's just everyone. It's just a fairness thing. I mean, he's still getting paid like 30 mil. He's still getting paid. And you also got to remember, like, this obviously, <clears throat> for those teams that don't make it, this is going to be a very long break potentially. Yeah. That they would never otherwise get. And obviously, with the Olympics not being on as well, your best players now are getting a much longer break than they were going to get. So next year. Especially for a team like the Blazers, right? Like yeah, they were not, they weren't going to win it this year. So it's like, mm. focus on next year, rest up. That's true. If you're struggling for the eighth seed, yeah, there might be the potential that you do a New yeah. York 1998, 99, like that type <laughs> I of escape. This is the kind of season where you could get that. As, as bad true. as that sounds for the Lakers. I mean, I look at the eighth seeds. I look at Memphis or potentially Portland, and I look at Orlando or the Nets. Those are not the teams that make that type of run. But all I'm saying is the favourites might not... It no, a lower-seeded team could be... A lower-seated lower team, team like OKC could... Because you know what? They, these are the guys that are, for some reason, extremely motivated. Yeah. They've had a good little preseason thing and LeBron comes back and he's gained a kilo. I, I don't think that's what he's... Unbelievable doing. LeBron slander on the pod. Yeah, I, I like I don't that, that at all. But I'm just trying to have... <laughs> this is not an anti-LeBron podcast. <laughs> Look, um, the other thing that has been happening is trade rumours. So obviously there's the big trade rumour about Bradley Beal potentially going to the Nets. I had a little, a little play on the ESPN trade machine <laughs> um, and f- tried to find a way that you could get Bradley Beal within the current salary cap. You would have to gut the entire team. There would be no one on your roster except Beal, Irving, and Durant to have that team. 
It just... It doesn't make any sense. Wait, no. so wait. Levert and Dinwiddie doesn't work? No, you can't keep them. No, is no. it to trade? To trade? No, no, no. They don't, they're not enough cap. Oh, how much is Levert on? Levert is... No, I think he's, he's actually on like a very cheap mil. deal. No, he's no, not. He's, he's not on way. a very, very cheap deal. He signed a new deal. four-year deal last year. But okay, it was so a pretty he must have I want to say he's getting about 10 a year from yeah, maybe, maybe from this year coming up. Yeah, this I, is it. That's it. I'm researching this. How much? Yeah, how much is it? Because I mean, either way, I don't think it's enough money. He's uh, he's very independent because obviously he had that big injury. Um, so whenever he re-signed, they got a very good deal on him. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, it's just not possible unless you gut the entire team. The other trade that I really wanted to work while you're looking this up is Devin Booker to the Wolves. But again, <laughs> cap is just impossible between him, Kyle Anthony Towns, and D'Angelo Russell. Um, but to your point on gutting the Nets, like, why? I mean, I know it sounds up, but like, why would they not do that? Like, Got it. Yeah, as in for Bradley like, Bill. Yeah. Like, do you think they wouldn't yeah. do that? Okay. They they could. Yeah. How much is Levert? Three year, fifty two mil. So he's okay, on so about like thirteen mil. No, he's on more. He's on about 16? 16, 17? We'll 17. Quick math. So, 17. 17. 17. Mil. So maybe you could. Okay. So 17. maybe I was looking at out there things. So maybe you could trade. So seventeen. So Dinwiddie and Levert equals Bill, which I would do. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, get a phone call. Killing it. It's Karis Levert calling. <laughs> he, he disagrees with the trade. He's, <laughs> He's saying, don't trade me. Uh, but it kind of got me thinking all this trade thing about like some historical trades that I didn't actually know that much about that I thought were good and bad. Um, and then some trades of the last decade that I thought, mm. or the last century really, like since 2000 that I thought were pretty big. Um, so some big trades was, I don't know if you guys know this, Dirk Nowitzki uh, was actually drafted by the Milwaukee Bucks. Mm. I did not know that at all. And they traded him for Robert Taylor and Pat Garrity um, to the Mavs in 1998, which is just insane. Uh, Kobe, everyone knows Kobe was traded um, in, in 1996 for Vlad Divac, um, which is just ridiculous. Um, and then... Vlad was, I mean, he was a... Vlade. Vlade, I mean, he's a good, hard-working centre. Yeah. <laughs> I also don't know if you know this, but uh, 1993, the Golden State Warriors, um, they, they were going to draft um, Penny Hardway, and then they traded a whole bunch of people um, No, Magic. so Magic had the first round pick, first yeah. pick. They pretended as though they were going to tra- draft Chris Webber. Yeah. Always really wanted Penny Hardaway, so then they kind of told Golden State fine we'll pick Weber for you but then we get the third seed plus additional draft picks which turned out to be very good yeah very good for them um, some trades from this past decade the Anthony um, Carmelo Anthony trade was absolutely huge um, Minnesota just does terribly in this trade they get Eddie Curry from New York and Anthony Randolph um, a second round pick but like New York gets Carmelo Anthony, Chauncey Billups, Anthony Carter, whatever, Ronaldo Balkan, whatever, Sheldon Williams, who actually played a bit, and Corey Brewer. And Corey Denver gets Brewer, that is a centerpiece right there. That is a big centerpiece. Hey, hey. Whereas Denver gets Wilson Chandler, Raymond Felton, Danilo Gallinari, Tim- Timothy Monitz, Costa Kufus, like, this is trash. Like, why was this trade Trash. made? What do you mean? Moscow and Kufus are the European... Gallinari <laughs> and Gallinari, you're good at ta- the star yeah. of Italy. Yeah. Well, very, well, very foreign flavour in Denver. Look, the Knicks definitely, I think, won this trade. In, <laughs> in the sense that they made it to the playoffs multiple times. Melo had a fantastic tenure with them until the un- untimely demise at the end of his... Uh, but yeah. they, I mean, that first round pick ended up being Jamal Murray. Mm. 
Makes you think. Yeah, you make sure. And they got three million dollars in cash just to I don't know spend. Just go um, invest in the share market. <laughs> just do this, Dolan. Use yeah. it for making a club. It's fine. <laughs> um, another great one was Chris Paul to New Orleans. Uh, New Orleans Hornets trade Chris Paul. Originally, he was meant to go to the Lakers. Mm. Uh, that was vetoed. Famously vetoed. Um, which is literally the end of the Lakers as as we knew it until 2018. So thanks a lot, David Stern. Mm. What? I hate him. Um, so, New Orleans <laughs> get... R.I.P. R.I.P. No, he was a great guy. Also, he came across very well in the last dance. He just seems like a good bloke. Yeah. yeah. Well, Adam Silver's yeah. the same. Yeah. You can't, I don't know how anyone can hate him. No. Um, so, Eric Gordon, Alpha Rucamino, Chris came in and a, and a first round pick goes to New Orleans for Chris Paul. Um, who wins this trade? Oh, uh, I mean, considering they didn't win a championship... But, I mean, you got Chris Kamen going to the New Orleans. I don't know. Yeah, look. And I the th- Chief, obviously. I think no one really wins this trade because neither team is, like, specifically benefited from it. Chris Paul's the loser in this trade. Chris Paul, Chris yeah. Paul's legacy. I mean, Chris Paul was doing nothing in New Orleans yeah. anyway. So, that's true. Yeah. He did to LA. Yeah, he did nothing in LA yeah, as well. Yeah, but, man, you got, like, if you're on a bad team, people will always give you... Like we were just talking about LeBron before. If you're on a bad team, people will always give you slack yeah. for not, you know, going deep in the playoffs. When you go to the Clippers and you got Blake Griffin and you got DeAndre Jordan, like, yeah. to not even get to the Western Conference playoffs... It's, they had a stacked team. And JJ Redick, who, yeah. you know, they had a phenomenal no, they had a team. Good team. I mean, to be note on this trade, at the time, Eric Gordon was seen as a as a superstar. I mean, he was definitely sixth man of the year, so it's pretty much a superstar. Alvaro Camino. <laughs> um, so the best. Okay, so I'll just go through the best and worst trade. I think of the of the decade. Obviously, it's how you view it. So the worst trade by OKC was, and the best trade by Houston of the decade was the Harden trade. So you're trading Kevin Martin, Jeremy Lamb, two first round picks and two second round picks by OKC. For Harden, Cole Aldridge, Taquan Cook, and Lazar Haywood. Who cares about the rest of them? Lazar you literally, Haywood. You what literally a name. trade you trade Harden for Kevin Martin and Jeremy Lamb. That is an it doesn't make sense to me. It, well, what are those two first round picks? One's with Stephen Adams. Cool. And a second round. Uh, and the other one was someone, round. Mitch McGarry, who was awful. I think he had that like Got out, kicked out for doing drugs. Yeah, um, so it's it's like who cares? You can't, you can't, you can't blame him. That's not his fault That's being a bad fault. pick. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just think that Houston win this by by so much. Yeah, but like I I think it's always an interesting one because I think there's like obviously we know what we know now about Harden. Yeah, right? but like can anyone honestly hand on their heart say when he was in OKC coming off the bench that he will be a future MVP? No. no. So no, no way. Like there's always famously like oh I could have paid him a couple mil more and they could have mm-hmm. kept him, but like. Kept him to do what? Play off the bench. So, yeah. yeah. I, I kind of don't like. If someone offered me two first round picks for a guy who comes off the bench, essentially. Yeah, it's a good. That deal. looks like good value. Why Why does he come off the bench? I'm, I'm curious because you had Russ. Who was their shooting guard? Why wouldn't he just play shooting guard? I don't know. It's a good question. I think it was more of like a. I don't want to say like an impact thing. You yeah. know what I mean? Some people are like. It's like. It's like why does Lou Williams come off the bench now? Yeah, and they still finished the game with Harden on the floor. Same yeah. way they finished the game with Lou Williams and Montrez Harrell mm. on the floor instead of Zubac. Because, I mean, in that Martin team Morris. with Durant, Harden, yeah. and Russ. It's always. It's the big what if. But I think the worst trade, and it's not a what if, it's clearly it was a dumb, <laughs> dumb trade was just the Brooklyn Nets. Mm. Uh, so they traded Gerald War- Wallace, Chris Humphreys, Marshawn Brooks, Keith Bogans, and Chris Joseph. Who cares about that? <laughs> this is the important bit. Three first-round picks and one first-round pick swap. All unprotected. All unprotected, which turned into <laughs> what? Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and helped to secure them 
just a, did they, a future. Did they trade that pick eventually for Kyrie? The yeah, Cubs. one of them. One yeah, of, first one of them. Games, one yeah, of them was Curry. one of them, and they traded for a very old Kevin Garnett, a very old Paul Pierce, a very old Jason Terry, and DJ White. Like, is this not the worst trade in the last decade? Easily, yes. Oh yeah, but it's a hype trade, right? Like, you got to sell, you got to sell shirts. You know what I mean? Yeah, but they just moved to Brooklyn and yeah. they had an aging team, so they were kind of like, "This is our window now. Yeah. Let's bring in some vets who we think can get us over the top." Now, did they overrate those players? Yes. <laughs> yes. Did they? Were they stupid to not put any protections in? Yes. They should honestly. They should have just waited till uh, twenty nineteen when they signed KD and Kyrie Irving, and then it would have been fine if they had just waited. You know, five seven years. They would have realised they were in a fine situation. But didn't they have, like, a new owner as well who just bought the team? I think there's a lot of, like, you come in, you know, you make a big splash. Like, there aren't many bigger names than Kevin Garnett. Yeah, of course. It's the same trade. I mean, another one that this same GM made was when he sent... Gerald Wallace was traded from Portland with a first-round pick. Again, unprotected. That first-round pick ended up being Damian Lillard. So yeah. he's made a couple of really bad trades. Obviously, this gym's not there. This, the guy does not use protection. <laughs> yeah. Always use protection, that guys. The, that is the message. <laughs> that is the message from here. But yeah, I was just looking through the trades and it made me realize that this offseason could be quite interesting. And something that I think we should speak about next episode is, is um, the potential free agents. So last offseason was probably the biggest in mm. NBA history. You had AD going to the Lakers, Paul George going to the Clippers, Kawhi going to the Clippers, and then pretty much every move under the sun with uh, Westbrook and Chris Paul and you name it, it happened last season. Mm. This offseason, the free agents you're looking at is Draymond Green, AD, if he goes anywhere by the Lakers, which is unlikely, he's probably not going to opt out. So he's staying, Draymond Green staying. He's resigned, doesn't Gordon he? Hayward likely staying. He's not getting more money than his player options, so... Yeah, so, <laughs> look, in terms of all these players, there's Andre, Andre Drummond, who will probably be going somewhere for... Well, if I was him, I'd stay, man. In Cleveland? That he money. Got, has he got an option? Yeah, yeah and then Tristan option. Thompson goes Again, somewhere. $28 million. I yeah, he should, he should definitely nice. opt in. But realistically, Gallinari is probably the best free agent available that wow. may not re-sign with OKC. But why wouldn't he sign with, re-sign with OKC? They're sixth seed this season. Shea Gildress is going to be even better next season. Like, it just doesn't, it doesn't seem like it's going to be a big off-season unless some trades are made. And I think the trades that we're looking at realistically are 76ers trade. Again, for like the third season in a row. The thing you've got to think about all of this, I think this off-season is going to be, unfortunately... I mean, fortunately, from a Lakers perspective, really boring. And the reason that's I say I that... The what reason I, want. I say that is because 2021 is key. Yes. Because that's the Giannis free agency. There's a few, like, Paul George has got player option. Kawhi's Kawhi. Got player option. 2021 reopens all this... AD's an official free agent. Mm. It opens all of this up again. So, my view is... This offseason, people aren't going to be really want to taking long-term money on. Mm. So what you'll have is a lot of the guys like AD... Oh, sorry, not AD. Andre Drummond, well, another yeah. AD. Yeah. Who will probably opt into their player option, but then they're free agents properly next year. I think that's going to be more interesting. I think it's similar to the 2009 offseason when essentially like the mid-level people like... Oh, no, not 2019. Maybe it was... It was one offseason where like you're looking at just the mid-level players. They are the free agents that you're trying to, mm. you know reel in and yeah. they get overpaid astronomically by mid to low tier playoff teams are you talking about the year that the, uh, the 2016 oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah yeah 2016 yeah. that was an awful year and there was terrible terrible people available and then not terrible like, look there were still some good players there but, but like it, yeah it's just a bit ridiculous 
Look, um, any other final comments? Uh, Someone's at the door. A Jackson bird. Oh, we're just going to get that very quickly. Yeah. Uh, it was Carousel Vert confirming that uh, he's, he's still underpaid at $14 million a year. He actually um, kicked the door down. And he doesn't want to be traded to the Wizards. Um, but Luke, thank you so much for joining us on Calling Bank. We'll be back in a couple of weeks, hopefully free from corona and with some more updates about the NBA. Um, but as always, make sure to like and subscribe, as you always do. Um, and we'll see you next, next time on uh, Calling Bank. See you guys. Did you call Bank?